0: We, so we're going to continue in our series. If you've been with us for a while, you would know that we're going through a ongoing discipleship series, really just looking at it, what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. We, you know, we looked at previously, just a reminder, what church is, that was a little way back. We then looked at what being a Christian is, but being a disciple is, is, um, is more than just being a Christian, as, as we know and as we're finding out. So we're continuing with that series and we'll be going right into the new year uh, looking at that as well. But today, uh, our subject matter, as Jane's already teed up, teed us up, is prayer. Okay, prayer. Now the Bible has a lot to say about prayer, and apparently this is, these aren't my this isn't my research, but there are six hundred and fifty prayers recorded in the Bible. You're more than welcome to go and do your own homework later, but I'm trusting that Google search. Six hundred and fifty prayers recorded in the Bible. Now the first mention. Of prayer, all this information for free, by the way, is in Genesis 4:26, and it says this: Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Now, that's at least 235 years since Adam was formed. Now, factoring in that initially, uh, for some of that time, Adam and Eve would have been conversing directly with God in the Garden of Eden, that's still a lot of years in which there apparently was no communication between people and God, a lot of time. So, to help us get engaged, a little bit of congregation, part. I was about to say audience participation, but it's a congregation, we want engagement. When was the last time you talked to God? Now, no need to tell me, I'm not asking for um, you feeding back the answers, I don't want to put you on the spot, but just think on this, when was the last time you talked to God? It's not a trick question, it's just, a, just um, okay, you have your answer, you can keep it in your head, that's fine. But what you can answer is this, what did you talk to God about? When you, whether it's that, that incident you're thinking, what, what did you talk to God about the last time you talked to him in prayer? I can have your feedback now. That would be wonderful. Anyone want to pipe up? Family. F- family. We still talk about Diana family we? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Good work. point. Well made. We did, we did pray for Diana. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm thinking of, okay, that's a, that's a good answer. I'm thinking about personally, maybe. Just going back a little bit before we've come to the corporate setting. Maybe I should have reframed that a little bit different. Anyway, what did you pray about? Situations? Nice. Miss that. Healing. Healing? Interpretation of a dream? Of a dream. Thankfulness. Thankfulness? Good. Yep. Thank you. I, I didn't want to put you on the spot too much, but it's, it's just good to reflect on those things. It's interesting to know, as we look through the subject, the difference between the way people prayed to God in... ...what we call the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Now, with the exception probably of David, King David... ...who was very upfront and personal about the way uh, with God. Often not, I would say, and this is a sweeping generalisation... ...that that prayer was often cries to God out there... ...and asking him and inviting him to to act. And it was probably more about intervention than actually conversation. Now, it's a sweeping generalisation... But that probably, there's a lot of truth wrapped up in that. In the Old Testament, it was more intervention. God, come and do this. God, I mean, you read that in Judges with, they sinned, Israel sinned, they cried out to God. And, and that sort of story was repeated. Anyway, that's a generalization of the difference between the New Testament and the Old Testament, but I think some of it holds. And as we look at this and what it means to us as believers, you'll see it probably rings true. Now, that's not to say any of the things they prayed weren't genuine or effective. As I say, it's just often as not, they probably weren't personal in the way that we understand prayer. Now, as I've uh, touched on already, things weren't always like that. At the outset, Adam and Eve talked to God conversationally. Now, you can read about this dialogue surrounding... The only dialogue we've really got is actually, it's really unhelpful, it's surrounding their disobedience. So it's probably not the best example. But actually, in that, we still have evidence that they conversed with God personally at the garden of eden but king david was was very different because he got the revelation ahead of time really that god was to be known personally there weren't many people that we read about in the old testament history of the bible that actually really got the fact that they could talk to god personally but king david did and uh, as we know while many others made sacrifices to god in the temple he installed, uh, at his behest, God didn't ask him to, as far as I understand, he installed worship in 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 the temple. So that was really a prophetic indicator, let's put it like that, of what was to come for us, really. Before we move on to look at uh, some more into the personal nature of God, which I want to do, that we can each experience, I want to ex- um, explore, firstly, the actual dynamic of prayer. I think that's important. And I think prayer, particularly, is one of those things that... Whether you're a Christian or not, you just get used to the word and the thought. And sometimes, this is this is a refresh actually to understand um, not only the importance of prayer, actually, but what's going on, as I say, the dynamic of prayer. And I find it astounding that, that God, the God who created all things and sustains all things, should offer us, you and me, the opportunity to partner with him in the operation of the universe. That's, that's where we're going. On the one hand, you know, we, we know that God is sovereign, and all things respond to his say-so, yet within the realm of his dealings with humanity, it's a truth that actually God has chosen to limit himself. I don't know if you've considered that before. Now, that might sound theologically uh, unsound, to suggest something like that, but the Bible actually does bear, bear me out. So I'm going to give you some scriptural references to prove my point, if I need to prove it. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Another one. Philippians four 6 to 7 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition... With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Three more i want to give you. Psalm 2 verse 8 says this. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. We're building up a picture here, aren't we? Jeremiah 29 verse 12. Then you will call on me. And to pray to me, and I will listen to you. And one more, Proverbs fifteen twenty nine says this: "The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous." And you'll find countless more in the Bible. And although not directly talking about prayer in in and of itself, Proverbs eleven eleven, which is a familiar passage, underscores my point about God wanting. For us to partner with him in the transformation of society, in the transformation of the world. In other words, not just going alone doing it himself. And it says this in Proverbs eleven eleven Through the blessing of the upright a city is exalted. In other words, because of the righteous, society is changed. This is powerful stuff, which really begs the question then why why God invites us, you and me, to pray. And I think it tracks back to that relational desire God had for us when He created humanity right at the very beginning. We know that we were created in His image, to know Him and to partner with Him in stewarding the world He created for us. That's the story of Adam and Eve. That that was the original mandate and design for mankind to partner with God in stewarding the world. In fact, obviously God gave mankind authority. This is a powerful thing. So if you will, it's his world, God's world, but it's our responsibility. and, And prayer factors into that. So to achieve all of this, therefore, connection and communication with God are clearly is clearly essential. Now, as children learn and grow, a parent will increasingly involve them in the daily things of the household that's 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 good parenting they they we won't we just didn't tell our children to the age of 18 what they had to be doing as as they were able at different stages we we released more opportunity for them to partner with us god's children are invited to be part of the daily journey of stewarding our world it's the same picture Now, I'll just say that isn't isn't a call to environmentalism. That's not wrong, but it it goes way beyond that, really. You know, as important as this is, it has at its heart every area of society, of of not only the natural world, but of humanity as well. People's well-being of spirit, soul and body. That's what God wants to be involved in. So our starting point in understanding the importance of prayer is our relationship with God, we are His children. Those of us who know Him as Lord, and Jesus as Lord and Savior, created in His image to co-labor with Him in seeing His best purposes released on planet Earth. That, that's how it stands. And a couple more scriptures to build upon this point. In Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-eight, it says this: "And God blessed them." This is talking about Adam and Eve. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And Psalm 115 verse 16 says this, the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. I'm building a picture for us today to remind us. Of what prayer is, the importance of it, and why God wants us to engage in that. So, from God, from God's perspective, I, I'd imagine that there's probably um, that the variance in levels uh, of interaction from, from Christians in prayer must be perhaps, for Him, challenging and sometimes frustrating because God wants to see our world transformed, but He's delegated authority. Uh, to us to steward that and prayer is one of those things once more God's love for the world is such that he not only sent his son to earth to redeem it but he then made it possible for his redeemed children you and me to bring his kingdom to earth as it had been at the beginning which is a powerful thing if we can get our heads around this and Jesus had much to say on this matter as well and um I'll give you the Bible reference, John 14, 13 and 14. It says, whatever you, this is Jesus talking, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And then these, these are going to be familiar words to us all from Matthew 6, 9 and 10. It says this, our Father in heaven Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, whilst this um, was actually meant by by Jesus to be a how to pray rather than you know what to pray. Nevertheless, I say I'd say it still reveals God's what what God requires of you and of me and of believers everywhere. He wants God wants our involvement and interaction. Now. I suggest that we can sometimes, maybe no one in this room, but other people re-listen to this recording as well. So we're throwing it out there. I suggest that sometimes we can confuse the issue by saying, "I'm not really a prayer." I've heard it said by Christians. It's not really my thing. You know, other people are good at that. Now, unless we've made a vow of silence or are perhaps off the chart introverts, then we'd consider it ridiculous. Not to go through any given day, actually, by, by talking to other people. We would, we would. That, that's the case. And so it should be with our relationship with God. Now, of course, in saying that, there are those of us who are called to be intercessors. You know, those with an anointing and a calling to pray strategically and consistently into situations. And we celebrate that and we recognise that. But that's not what we're talking about. It's not like an excuse for us, therefore, not to pray. Our Heavenly Father wants to hear from his children, both in general conversation, but also in intentional intercession. And I love those times of worship we have because in those, as we draw near to the Father, we just get a fresh revelation of his heart. And, like, how can we not interact with him we get his a fresh revelation he wants to hear from us he wants us to know he wants us to draw uh, draw near to him now i know that uh, i know it's the, it's it's a fact that some christians maybe some of you here find it difficult to pray out loud in public but firstly in love and I tell a little bit myself, can I say we, we, we actually do sort of need to get over ourselves in this one, but that's not a harsh statement, because I totally understand it. Now. At the outset of my, my walk with Jesus, basically, I was stum. I, I would not say anything. If someone had asked me, the only, the only change uh, in my body would be the reddening of my face, um, actually, as I was trying to work out what I'm going to say. I, I'd never prayed out loud, and it took me quite a while. Even when I was spirit-filled to pray out loud, I remember even before I was spirit-filled, one meet, prayer meeting, we, we, I'd never sat in a prayer meeting when everyone had said, we're all going to go around the pr- room and pray. It's like I, the door was locked. And um, I was away around and um, going through my head thinking, what can I say? And I was rehearsing those words. I was thinking it, it wasn't even complicated and, and elegant. But I just got something I thought I am going to blurt out. And then someone else said it. I, I can almost feel that hot, clammy feeling coming back to me now when I remember it. So I'm telling you my story just a little bit, just to encourage us all that it is something... When I say get over it, I mean it's something we can press on through. Maybe that's a, a nicer, better way of saying it rather than that, because we're family and we don't say that in family. And even at home, you know, I say I was spirit-filled, spirit-filled and... I done a, a fabulous work in my life, but praying at home I just couldn 't do it praying in front of Jane I felt stupid i really I, it took me quite a while you know to get over being self conscious and embarrassed in praying hard to believe now I know so i'm just by that 's by way of saying if that is an issue for you, I honestly understand your pain but it's it 's just to say we do need to get over this hurdle for the reasons of the things I've been saying and the things I am going to say because we do need to have a voice and it's a fact that most of us probably have a you know we're all different but we probably most of us don't have a problem in talking out loud to other people and it really has to be the same way with God and rather than bury that one I would encourage us all it's a bit of a takeaway at the end, but actually to pursue that. So I share that little nugget of my story by saying it's worth it's worth pressing on through, making that an intention, because God wants to hear what we say. And sometimes in a public setting, sometimes we don't realise the enriching we can bring to an environment. We carry things. God doesn't just put things to pray on the hearts of leaders or the people who like praying out loud and we might be carrying something that needs to be released into a a wider environment. Anyway, just to say, so God wants to hear what's in our heart, and this is not a heavy one, but the devil doesn't. He wants our silence. He loves it when we are silent. I say that's not a heavy one, but it's just the reality. See it, we're talking about being disciples, but see it as a spiritual discipline, if that helps, but something I would encourage us to do. Anyway, let's move on from that. It's, it will not only release God to act in answer to our prayers, but I would say it would release us from, from bondages of being self-conscious and probably equally important, thinking that we've got nothing of value to bring into the mix. Once more, every one of us, whatever, whether it's prayer, whatever it is, we've all got something. God, God loves surprising those who think they have nothing by putting things in our heart. But how it gets out is another matter. So, I just want to make a decree over everyone in Revival Church, Billericay, that we are all prayers, in Jesus' name. And i release that decree. That um, not only are we worshippers, like Jane was saying, but I decree over Revival Church, Billericay, from the youngest to the oldest, that we are prayers. Amen. As disciples of Jesus, we must follow his lead in prioritising talking to our Heavenly Father touched upon about what Jesus said but Jesus as we know modeled prayer didn't he a few scriptures and uh, then we'll get to the takeaways in a bit in luke 12 this is said, it's speaking of Jesus in Luke 6:12 it says this of Jesus in those days he went out to the mountain to pray and all night he continued in prayer to God matthew 1423 after he had sent the crowds away he went up on the mountain side himself to pray and when it was evening he was there alone a couple more in the mark 135 in the early morning while it was still dark jesus got up left the house and went away to a secluded play, a secluded place and was praying there and matthew 26 36 then jesus came with them to a place a place called gethsemane and said to his disciples sit while I go over there and pray. Now the goal of this morning is not only to help us have an understanding of the vital, vital nature of prayer. And a revelation of its power. That's, that's one one aspect or one side of it. But to release us, each of us, into new levels of prayer. Okay, that's that's the goal. We want to be released. Wherever we're at today, the goal is upgrade to release us into new levels of a prayer. So so just receive that as today is gonna to be upgrade. Wherever we're at, there's gonna be steps up. Now, like I touched upon it, it's it's possible that we may have got familiar with the concept of prayer, that you know maybe we've lost the wonder, the excitement, perhaps the faith, I don't know, of the fact that any given moment we've got direct access uh, to Almighty God in 1 Peter 3.12 if this helps it, it says this for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their their prayer how does that make you feel when the eyes of God as a believer are on you always and his ears always attentive to your prayer that's, that's an amazing truth uh, you know almost you just want to respond to it well, I do, so not only is God waiting and listening, but he 's already he 's also ready to answer our prayers to respond to us if we will use our hotline to heaven if we will use that now just it 's not a tangent, but this is this is relevant to what i 'm saying there 's a couple of areas I just want to touch on just while we 're talking about prayer, I think are relevant for it firstly. One aspect of prayer that I've not talked about, and we have talked about loads of times, is actually praying in tongues. Okay, so I'd be remiss if I didn't bring that into the mix of what we're talking about. It's not going to be extensive teaching today. We haven't got that much time left. Now, I don't know about you, but there are times when I run out of what to pray on any given situation. Okay, That's when the gift of tongues comes into play. Now, just to say this is only just one operation... Of, the, of praying in tongues but it's a valid one and just, just for an instance what we've been talking about and we've been praying about already we were yesterday also just praying into that situation in tongues because having prayed all we needed to do for God's intervention we knew the Holy Spirit also knew exactly who was where and what was going on so we deferred to the Holy Spirit and prayed in tongues I believe that, is, that was critical in that situation now, I'm not suggesting that we only pray in tongues when we can't think of anything to, else to pray in our native language, but I am saying that praying in tongues is essential to take us to depths in prayer that our natural native vocabulary can't, and that's the truth. Here's what the apostle Paul says about this in Romans eight twenty six and twenty seven, and like I said at the outset. You know there are loads of references to prayer, and these are just some of them that you know there's just a richness of teaching in the Bible about prayer. Here's what the Apostle Paul said Likewise, the Spirit or the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes wither, uh, with groanings too deep for words, and He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The spiritual gifts are there to enable us to live the supernatural life that God intends for every believer, every disciple of Jesus. They're there for us all. Actually, and and I've said this many times, but just reminded us again, that's why Jesus forbade first believers from from going out to be his witnesses, where this is before Jesus returned to heaven, he says, "Don't leave here until you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit," because he wanted them to uh, operate in the supernatural with the accompanying spiritual gifts. He knew that they couldn't, in of themselves, do it, but he knew that when they were empowered with the Holy Spirit and therefore the accompanying spiritual gifts, as we read through Acts all things are possible, amazing things happen. And just to say, if you haven't been baptised in the Holy Spirit, or don't yet pray in tongues, today is the day. You know, We'll have uh, maybe a ministry team at the end for, for prayer needs, but grab someone. So we've, we've had it regularly in our meetings. People have started praying in tongues. They've, they've been baptised in the Holy Spirit on, on, in our meetings. We're seeing it happen. And if, you ha- if that hasn't been your experience, today is the day. Grab someone at the end, and they will pray for you and get this Essential dynamic for being a disciple-activated, an essential prayer dynamic. So my other point in this, and and you'll see how it's linked in a minute, and uh, it's probably an important one, and I've sometimes heard in Christian circles, you may have heard it, the line that Jesus is praying for us. And I felt just wanted to do a little bit of a theological treatment on that, just for a couple of minutes or maybe a little bit more. Jesus is praying for us, and you may have heard that said also, now, firstly, appraising that statement with simple logic. I propose that if Jesus, as God, was praying for us, what would be the point of praying? That's just purely on a logical level. His prayers, think on it, would be far, way far more effective than ours. So why not just leave it to Jesus? If Jesus is praying for us, there's no purpose, because he's praying for everything much better than we are. So that's simple logic. I'd also... Suggests that this concept that Jesus is praying for us flies in the face of the invitation of prayer partnership that we've we'll been looking at this morning it would make a nonsense also I would say of praying in the spirit or praying in tongues if Jesus is already interceding for us God's a, gr- a great economist he doesn't waste resource If the Holy Spirit is doing something Jesus doesn't do it as well and vice versa the theology of this notion, and um, it's really, it's really important actually that we hear things. Sometimes it's important to do our own homework in the Bible. There, there's lots of th- throwaway lines that we hear, but we do well to actually check these things out to do our own research, so that our, our beliefs are in accord with the Bible. And this, this. I would call it a theology that is bandied around, is based on two scriptures. You're more than welcome to come to your own conclusions yourself, but I'm saying it from my perspective. Romans 8, 34 says, oh, I won't read the whole thing, but it's talking about the fact that Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for us with regard to justification. I propose that you know, this isn't about Jesus praying for us, but about him being the atonement for sin. His sacrifice is making us right with God. That's how the context of Jesus interceding. And the other passage is from Hebrews 7.25, which speaks of Jesus making intercession for us. But it doesn't say in prayer, but as the ultimate and permanent priest. This is the context who sacrifice fully and finally atones for our sin. This is about Jesus' priesthood, and not about his prayer. So once more, we need to understand these things. Because otherwise it can make us, in the context we're talking about prayer, it can make us lax. Thinking once more, whether we think that or just take a foot off the gas. Well, Jesus is praying for us. Jesus, you know, get out of jail card in that. Like, uh, Actually, as my understanding is, that's not what it's saying. Once more, it, gets, it flies in the face of what I've been talking about. God's invitation for us to partner. Because we're his children. Mm-hmm. So, bringing this to a close, with regard to today's focus, it's for the reason of understanding the amazing privilege and power we each of us have in prayer. So today, once more, it's about an upgrade in our understanding. Not only is it an opportunity, I would say it's a responsibility, it's our responsibility, it's my responsibility, prayer is your responsibility. Each of us, as I've decreed our prayers, because we're his children and God wants that for us. Prayer is not intended to be a thing that Christians do. But as with all uh, these discipleship aspects, but a lifestyle with regard to prayer of conversing with our Heavenly Father. And I would just say really that as with any conversation, it will take on a different tone depending on the circumstances, you know, sometimes we'll be ga- engaged in ordinary chat. We'll be talking to God. That's okay. And just to say, isn't it amazing that we can commune and talk to the God of the universe relationally? You know, let's appreciate that through Jesus. The curtain and the temple was torn in two, and to enable us just to have conversational access to our heavenly Father. Jesus said to to children, let let them come to me. And really, we know that scripture. Where it says, Jesus, you know, I, I'm the way, the truth, and life. I'm trying to remember what it was what I was, what I was thinking and quoting that scripture. I am the way, the way, the truth, and the life. And it says further, it's the way. Jesus, the way to the Father. It's all about relationship, and that's God's heart for us to commune and converse with Him, and just say other times we perhaps might be engaged with high levels of passion and intentionality because of a specific prayer focus as well. But that's okay, we're doing that once more, and yet again, out of relationship with the Father we know. Is a bit of a whirlwind tour through prayer, but I hope that stirs us. I'm going to give us a couple of takeaways in a moment to reappraise, come again, actually... This amazing gift, this amazing opportunity that God invites me, my Heavenly Father invites me into a daily conversation, engagement through prayer. My life can be changed, but the world around us, we've seen testimony, i heard testimony today of that. Yeah, so I'm going to pray of that in a minute, but a couple of activation takeaways. Firstly, this week, here's, here's one, that we'll be intentionally conversational with our Heavenly Father in a daily basis. If you if you are so already increase in this. But one takeaway, a decision for each of us to be intentionally conversational with our Heavenly Father. Not if you're out there, God, but but Father prayers. Like Jesus modelled, you know, Father, Father. Those sorts of prayers. So let's be disciples, let's be disciplined, and let's actually I'm gonna just stop here and converse with Father. Actually, obviously, listen as well. And the second one, which may be a little bit more challenging, but also a good takeaway. If you've never prayed out loud before, determine to find an opportunity to do so. Okay? Might require a little bit of bravery and courage, but, but both those things as takeaways. Because we've got to do something with what we're talking about. These, this isn't just little bits of information. That, that, that was interesting. I knew that. I didn't know that. These are enabling us. These are training tools for us to be disciples. The world needs equipped believers. Um, the world needs people who are engaged in these spiritual disciplines because the world does not have the solutions. But through Jesus, we can partner and being, being the difference. So I hope that's useful. I'm just going to pray, actually. I think that will be useful because that's what we've been talking about. And then we'll bring this to a close. So I want to thank you, Father. I can call you Father we can call you Father through Jesus that we can use those words you are God but you are our Father and I want to thank you that Lord your eye is upon us your ear is attentive to our prayers and I want to thank you that Jesus you have restored to humanity the divine order of of stewarding of mankind stewarding your creation (coughs) And uh, we, as a people, take responsibility to pray for our world to be different, to pray with you, to invite you into our personal situations and other situations to change them. And I want to pray that what I decree, that each and every one of us will be prayers to a new level. In Jesus' name, to your glory. Amen.